Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Thursday. Woo! Thursday, October 12th. My goodness. Uh, time is flying by. Wow. Anyway, on the show today... Uh, Jonathan Taylor's new multi-million dollar contract extension. Another injury for rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. That and more is coming up. Sports with Danny Bridges from the Indianapolis Recorder in our second hour. Also in our second hour, the Indiana Department of Transportation, or NDOT, is planning a major facelift along the interstates within the I-465 loop, but not without hearing from you first. You got it. They want to hear uh, from you first as they proceed or pre- prepare to proceed. So your chance uh, to weigh in on the changes coming up uh Changes coming up is coming up. No, your chance to weigh in on the changes is coming up. Um, a little later this hour, fall is the season for a lot of things, uh, especially, you know, the homecomings for a lot of the nation's schools and universities, a lot of high schools, a lot of colleges, universities, like I was saying. Everybody has homecoming right about now. Well, homecoming is uh, coming up uh, soon at Martin University. That is the state's only predominantly black uh, institution. But first, um, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Lines are going to be open for the first 30 minutes or so uh, for whatever may be on your mind. Um, an important reminder, though, uh, early voting is now underway throughout the state and here in Marion County. Early voting opened yesterday. Right now in Marion County, early voting is only available at the City County Building, which is located downtown, 200 East Washington Street. Um, downtown. Uh, however, um, on October 28th, uh, early voting will expand to eight other satellite sites in Marion County uh, and will be available from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. through Monday, November 6th. But again, if you want to vote early right now, you can head down to the City County Building, 200 East Washington Street. That's in downtown Indianapolis. CCB is open uh, weekdays 8 to 5, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., as well as weekends 8 a.m. Uh, to 5 p.m. for the early voting on October 28th and 29th, which is when uh, the sites will expand, uh, the CCB will be open from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. And um, also on November 4th and 5th, that's another weekend, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So these are the satellite, the expanded sites, the eight satellite sites. Um, they're going to be open uh, from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. Now on November 6th, the day before the election, the day before the election, which is November the 7th, the CCB will only be open for early voting from 8 a.m. until noon, from 8 a.m. until noon. So another reminder, in Marion County, here's something else you need to know. You can cast your vote at any vote center near you. 
You can cast your vote at any vote center wherever you are. You are no longer restricted to an assigned precinct site. You're not restricted to where you can cast your vote if you live in Indianapolis and Marion County, which is wonderful. I love that. You know, we complain about a lot of the things uh, pertaining to voting in uh, in the state of Indiana and in Marion County, but in Marion County, this vote center, uh, that, that's great. That, that, that is a, a, a wonderful lifesaver probably for a lot of people. And again, vote wherever uh, an available vote center is, wherever you may be at the time you choose to cast your vote. Now, to find out more about the days, the hours, and times for early voting here in Indianapolis and Marion County, uh, you can go to vote.indy.gov, vote.indy.gov for voter information outside of Marion County. uh, Just go to indianavoters.in.gov, indianavoters.in.gov. And... Uh, you do, if you don't have, or if you don't have computer access or would rather call and rather not use a computer, the number to the Marion County Election Board is 327, excuse me, 317-327-5100. Again, the phone number for the Marion County Election Board, 317-327-5100. Lines are open, 317-239-1310, for whatever uh, may be on your mind. Um, one of the things that, you know, we had several discussions about yesterday and, you know, certainly can continue them today, the crisis in the Middle East. It continues uh, to escalate. Um, also yesterday, I was telling you about some sound we had from IUPUI Middle Eastern expert, Dr. Pierre Atlas. Uh, Dr. Atlas has been uh, a guest on Community Connection before and uh, has uh, promised that he will be with us one day next week when he returns uh, from a trip. But um, a technical issue came up, so we weren't able to have that sound for you. Uh, I'm going to check with uh, Sky uh, to see if we can find that sound uh, that we had yesterday uh, for today. Uh, Sky is um, a little bit tied up on the board right now, but I think that once we find it, uh, you know, we can listen to what Dr. Atlas had to say uh, with our news gathering. Sky, um, the, the the sound from yesterday, uh, do we have that? Okay. Uh, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take a minute or two bef- uh, so that Sky can pull that up. But... Um, it's, you know, obviously so much has transpired since Dr. Atlas uh, conducted the interview. But again, it's an opportunity to hear from someone who studies terrorism, uh, Middle Eastern affairs and things of that nature. Um, so here's a, a little bit from uh, Dr. Pierre Atlas from IUPUI, who will be with us uh, next week when he returns to the city. Uh, but here's some of what he told our news gathering partners at Wish TV. The level of violence that precipitated this newest chapter of the Palestinian and Israeli conflict is unprecedented. A professor researching Middle Eastern politics tells News 8's multicultural reporter Katira Winfrey, Palestinians and Israelis will feel its impact for a long time. The devastation the Palestinian militant group Hamas has left on Israel and the region is expected to stretch even further. It's a conflict. Senior lecturer of the O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs at IUND, Pierre Atlas, has been following for years. And the fact that Hamas fighters actually went into Israeli towns and took hostages and dragged them across Gaza, um, the fact that they went in and, and massacred 260 uh, kids um, at, a, at an open-air concert, 
and took a bunch of them hostage. This has never happened before. Seeing peaks and valleys of peace and violence, the roots of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict go back about a century as both groups are indigenous to the Holy Land, divided on land by what's considered the Gaza Strip. Israel has uh, been controlling the West Bank since 1967, um, and they've been sharing control with Palestinians there. But Hamas is different. Hamas is a uh, Islamist group. It wants to turn every inch, what they say, every inch of Palestine, including Israel, into an Islamic state. To put into perspective, Atlas says Hamas and Palestinians is similar to the Taliban and Afghans in terms of the rigid view of Islamic theology, adding that most Palestinians don't see the world as they do. He says using Gaza as a launching pad for attacks is in essence holding Palestinian people hostage by Hamas in Gaza, while also facing a Gaza blockade by Israel. They're promising uh, execution videos. They're promising now to execute the hostages that they've taken, and they're promising to put out videos the way ISIS did. They're, they're a very uh, bad actor. They don't represent the majority of Palestinians. Comparing this level of violence to what Americans saw with 9-11, he says this attack will likely be answered with an even harder blow, as Israel has called up 300,000 civilian soldiers and declared war. Professor Atlas says there are Americans with dual citizenship on both sides, so that may cause some problems as far as what the international implications will be. It's not clear, but he says countries will start picking sides. Reporting in Indianapolis, Katira Winfrey, Wish TV, WishTV.com, and like us on Facebook. There is an event this Thursday on Monument Circle in support of Palestine. It's being hosted by Showing Up for Racial Justice and other advocacy groups. Organizers are calling it a day of resistance. It's set to start at 530 on Thursday evening. And um, so there was that. And again, that was with uh, uh, Dr. Atlas. Uh, clearly uh, a whole lot um has uh, has transpired since then uh it it would appear as if uh, any day now uh Israel is going to uh launch uh ground assault uh into Gaza we do know that um Gaza the strip has been cut off completely from you know water food um electricity all of the essentials um and routes in and out uh, of Gaza have been blocked. I think there are some calls for some humanitarian uh, measures to to be taken. But again, we we simply have no way uh, of knowing where that's going to go. Um, President Biden, uh, as we played the other day, has uh, pledged unwavering support uh, for Israel and says the United States stands firmly with Israel. Uh, the atrocities, the absolute uh, unthinkable uh, descriptions of, of uh, what was done uh, to the victims of these attacks is is just beyond belief. It's, it's just beyond belief. I heard one woman say that if this is what humanity is all about, she doesn't want to be a part of the human race anymore. Um, that was an interview that one of the um, one of the victims said another one of the most telling uh, interviews uh, that I heard from an Israeli, um, an older Israeli gentleman. I heard it on one of the news. And I can't tell you which one it was because I switch uh, to get, you know, differing sources. But he said when he found out that his daughter 
uh, he had hoped, you know, when he found out she was missing, then when he found out he was alive, she was dead, when he found out she was no longer alive, that she had passed on, that she was killed, he said thank you. He said he was grateful because she did not have to endure the hell on earth that they all were enduring. And of everything that could have been possible, like being hostage, abused, uh, tortured, or what have you, death was the best option for her, and he was grateful. So the depravity that, um, that these people are describing, um, it, it, again, it just defies anything uh, even remotely related to, to humanity. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. So we're going to be uh, hearing a lot more about that. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Uh, Ron, go ahead. How are you? Lovely, Tina. Hoping you're well. Love you like always. Tina, a few months ago, you had a young lady on mm -hmm. uh, in the Northwest who was, who was uh, accepting uh, coats. Mm -hmm. And I, I had intended to get there, but you know I'm old and crazy, Tina, so I didn't make it. If you could recall who that was mm -hmm. and or put her information back out. I asked Guy if he could remember, but he was in Vegas that week, I think. Uh, if you could... Put that Sky in Vegas? I was Sky says no. <laughs> I'm oh. sitting in my car at Dollar Tree, and I'm going to wait for a moment to see if that information comes up. I have my pen and paper. I want to try well, to write Well, I, I, I know. In, in fact, I might be able to. I don't know if she's in the building. Have you seen Rita? It was Rita. Uh, and the uh, the northwest right out there off 71st and Guy and uh, the, uh, the center uh, that she works for. But if I'm not mistaken, Ron, I believe that they were accepting coats through the end of uh, September. Let me text Rita right now. I just passed her in the, uh, literally just passed her in the hallway. Um, she She's one of our employees. She does quite a bit here. And this was just something she did in her spare time. Uh, but if I can get her in here. I'm watching TV, and one of the other TV stations uh, is doing a coat drive, and it just reminded me that I was old and slow, and I uh, want to try to make sure I get something done if I can. Uh, let me see if she can. Um, uh, let me see. Studio for a second. Uh, um, unless she went out, she may have gone out to lunch. I see when the door shuts behind me. I don't know where everybody goes, but I it was Rita and someone else. Yeah, they when I when I came into the studios, she was right there in the front. And then I saw her again this morning. Um, but I just text her and ask her um, if she can come into the building. Now, what she may be able to give you information uh, about Ron is whether or not they're still accepting them or. Uh, where you can drop off. I, I can't imagine that they're not still, but I know the drive, um, the, the the major drive that they were having, it was throughout the summer. And I just got mine in because I wanted to get some, uh, I wanted to get some coats in there as well because I had some that, that even still had tags on them that, you know how kids outgrow things before they wear them out or outgrow them before they even get a chance to wear them. And that was the case with a couple of coats that I had as well. So I was able to get those to her. Um, let me, uh, she hasn't answered. She's probably out. But, um, I'm going to try to keep listening. It's just that I'm sitting with pen and paper, mm -hmm. hoping to have been able to write it down. Uh, yeah. But I'll, I'll just try to keep listening. And if you uh, if you put a comment up or 
whatever, whatever, whatever. I'll try to be. Uh, Let me see. I'm looking right here through. Uh, I'm looking right here right now through my. Um, I'm looking through my emails from Rita. Rita's a joy, uh, and and again, she just uh, she just does so much. Uh, here and out in the community and and just helps and i i see i know that i i'm looking at the center right now um and i kept telling her that i i pass by it periodically and i keep forgetting to put the coats in the car so that i would just have them and then drop them off but they're they're only open normal business hours like monday through friday nine to five i do believe um that's gonna be terrible because i work eight to five now oh you do um, uh, my grandkids think I'm a cash app. Uh, okay. Um, let me see. We're still good. Yep. Um, huh. I'll get them there somehow if I can find out where they are. Uh, I said I was going to do it, and I need to make sure I get it done. Yeah, and the thing of it is, I, I will tell you this. if If you have slightly used... Um, coats, even for adults, because the one thing that Rita said is that, yes, the children are the primary focus uh, for this particular drive. They want to make sure that, and I forget which school, they they adopted one particular school, and uh, she was saying you'd be really surprised at the children that simply, you know, the families just simply cannot afford to, to buy um, a, a coat for them for the winter, so they are, they're very happy to be able to serve the children that they do. But they also yeah. service the yeah. entire yeah. families. They service yeah. families. I can, if I can ask Tina, would I be out of line dropping them off at the station? Uh, it wouldn't be out of line. It just wouldn't be the best place to drop them off because... I'll just keep listening then. I'll just keep listening. Yeah, just keep listening. Put out a place where I can stop by. Yeah, yeah, just just keep listening. And and like I said, maybe Rita can call as well. I don't know if she's out. Maybe I'll have her call as well um, because she can she can give you the information. Let me text her and ask her if she can call. Um but thank you. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. And that is so kind of you. And I'm sure that Rita and the center are going to appreciate it as well. Um, uh, hi, T yeah. Uh, okay, she's on her way down. She's on her way down. I was going to have her call, <laughs> but she said she can be here uh, in two minutes. So uh, good. Uh, and you know what? I'm glad that there are listeners out there uh, like Ron who uh, pay attention to what we 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 talk about and what we do, all of the different things that we talk about and do. And this was one of the more... Um, uh, I, a good opportunity to help and to be a part of something. And so, uh, you know, thank you, Ron, for wanting to help. And, uh, of course, I always thank Rita for everything that she does out there. And, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's great. Just, again, new or slightly used, um, they'll take both. But what I was explaining to Ron was, and what Rita was explaining to me was, that even though they outfit the children with the coats, they also like to take... Um, the opportunity to provide the families, like the siblings, even the parents, uh, with winter coats. Because I had a few that were adult-sized winter coats. and Some kids are that size, too, by the way. Not that I'm that small, uh, but some kids are, you know, are my size. And so they can wear those as well. So uh, even if you don't have children-sized coats, even if you're an adult and have no children in your house, but you have some coats that you'd like to get rid of, if I understood Rita correctly, 
uh, they'll take those too because there are children who are larger. And if not larger children, there are adults uh, who uh, could use these adults that have these children in their family. So, um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Ron. Really, really appreciate it. And Rita should be popping in here just about any minute now. She should be here in about two minutes. Um, so uh, so that's coming up. But as, as I was saying, uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about um, uh, uh, sports uh, with Danny Bridges. A whole lot happened between the last time Danny was here uh, and now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got a big contract. He got, you know what? I didn't. And Danny, maybe Danny can shed some light on this. After all of that, all of the back and forth, and the media, and the hurt feelings, and I don't want to be here anymore, and I'm leaving. And go ahead, yeah, you can, you know, blah 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 blah. Posturing, I guess. Maybe it's all part of the game. Maybe it's all part of the dance. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Danny can better explain. Uh, it's hard to tell what's genuine and what's real, uh, but. Um, he did get his contract extension. Uh, he did uh, play, although sparingly, last week. Uh, but he contributed. He contributed. Uh, I tell you, Zach Moss was the man as far as running backs, and Danny can talk about that a little bit more, but Zach Moss was really great. And lo and behold, the Colts are battling for the lead in the AFC South. Can you believe that? A team that nobody expected to win more than five games, and boom, in week six, they're they're right there at the top, uh, you know, close to, you know, to, close to the top of the standing. So uh, we wish them well. And, again, looking forward to uh, to speaking with Danny Bridges from the, uh, the Indianapolis Recorder about that. So uh, why don't we take a quick break, give Rita a little bit of time to get down here, and um, she can more directly answer Ron and any questions that you may have about the coat drive and we'll be back with more community connection right after this let's get back to the conversation it's community connection with tina cosby on praise am 1310 95.1 fm indy's inspiration station and we're back with community connection and as promised if you are listening ron rita green is in the house she's right here Rita, thank you so much for answering the call, as you always do, as you always do. Bless your heart. But I didn't know if you were heading out the door because I couldn't see behind me when I saw you and Karen walking that way. Right. Was it? Yeah, I, I yes. couldn't see. I said, well, she might be gone. Then I was going to text and see if you could call. But um, the coat drive, uh, he wants to donate some coats, and hopefully it's not too late. Wonderful. Thank you, Ron. I'm so glad that you called in today. And yes, it is definitely um, still you're still able to donate the coats, even though the coat drive ended on September 30th. It doesn't actually happen until the last week of this month. And um, coats are still needed. So in coats of all sizes, gently used or new. So thank you so much for being willing to do that. And if you want to drop off your coats, you can drop them off at 4141 West 71st Street, Monday through Friday from 12 to 6 p.m. Yeah. Now he was asking, was it okay to drop them off here at the station? And I said, it's not a good idea because we don't have uh, uh, anybody dedicated to doing that? You know, it would have to be a prearranged. So it would be better to go ahead and just drop it off at the location out on Seventy First Street. Definitely uh, so. Yeah, Definitely. and the larger sizes. I mean, if you don't have, I, that's what I was saying. If you don't have children in your house, but you have extra coats, don't hesitate to donate those as well because the parents and even the larger children could use the larger size Absolutely. or adult size coats. Yes, adult size coats are definitely needed because uh, mm -hmm. some of the children are larger. Um, we have a ten year old 
household that is an extra large in men. So, you know, it's definitely something that can be used. Yeah. And again, for, for those who may not have heard what Ron and I and, and a, a number of other listeners heard, uh, just just a quick recap of, of the initiative, what you're doing and, and how you, if you could just kind of share that with folks again, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So this initiative is um, with the Riley Youth Center, Community Center, and they are a huge outreach and resource for youth in our city. And they provide um, after school care. They provide before school care, during school care. Um, they just educate kids. They love on children. And a lot of times children come through their doors that have different disparities. And this is one. So this is a really big um, deal for these children to receive coats because otherwise they would be cold and without yeah yeah indeed so how's the drive going so far amazing it uh-huh. it's, it's going very very well we are almost at the goal so um any any donations that you have that would be helpful please do please consider dropping off the coats because uh, you will help us meet goal um, by the end of the week if you do that yeah and how many children do you serve would you say on each year or how many are you hoping to serve this year hoping to serve 500 children this year yes (laughs) (laughs) okay that's a lot now is that it did i get it correct that there's a school that you adopt uh, adopted or is it just children in that particular community that the center serves so the center is serving the entire community community. yes leatrice is serving um leatrice riley is the owner of the riley center and she's serving the entire community the entire community and and surprisingly there are yeah i i guess maybe not so surprisingly but the something is simple as a coat to keep you warm during the winter can be quite a struggle for certain families and some families that are out there. And so whatever you can do to help, uh, you, you know, really open your heart like Ron and, and some of the others have done, because this is this is important. These children need to, you know, they need every every possible advantage they do. Uh, to get that education, because we know, and I mean, I'm probably going a little bit off the farm, but it, but it all fits, you know, the food, uh, the, the ability to, to get back and forth to school, you know, clothing, um, you know, shelter, all of those things fit into their ability to grasp what they need to grasp each and every day so that Indiana doesn't continue to lag uh, behind the rest of the country in terms of education of our children. Who it's are, extremely important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you would be surprised, you know, the difference that just a coat can make, you know, people that... Um, Anytime youth are without anything, they're made fun of, they're bullied, Mm -hmm. and even just coming into school without a coat is something that, you know, messes with their mental Mm -hmm. um, state. So it's it's bigger than just putting your arms into something. This is way bigger than that. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that's necessary, and um, and I I appreciate those who have already donated coats and and helped other children Mm -hmm. to be able to be warm. And nobody wants to be cold standing outside waiting for the bus. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be cold and sick and it's just it's not necessary no child should have to struggle with needing a coat no not at all and you know what i'm this is a shameless play and costco needs to send me a check yeah but i will say (laughs) send me a check costco i need uh but um I was in there the other day, and I could not believe it, Rita. High-quality name-brand jackets for kids that they had marked down to eleven ninety nine. Wow. eleven ninety nine. Wow. So, I mean, and I know it's a membership and, and what have you, but for those who have Costco memberships, what's, what's, what's 
to and then run it down the street to yes, the uh, you know to the, to the Riley center. center. Absolutely. Uh, info for the callers to drop off coats again. Um, there's a caller that's asking, can we repeat the info? Reader? Absolutely. So it's the Riley Youth Community Center, and it's located at 4141 West 71st Street, and they are open from 12 to 6 for you to drop off any of your donations. And it's right there at the corner of. Uh, 71st and Guyon? Yes, it is. 71st and Guyon Road. So, yeah, right down there on the northwest side. On the northwest side. Yeah, yes. and so there's a Costco on the northwest side there that's is. about four or five miles away from there. Right. And they have these beautiful name brand, Eddie Bauer. And wow. I think, you know, for $12.99, I think the next step up is $14.99. Sizes, wow. you know, two, t four, six, eight, ten, twelve, all the way up to, to what have you, boys and girls. And so just, uh, you know, just think about that maybe when. And you're, you know, throwing all the other stuff because that, you know, that that's the one thing that doesn't come in bulk though is their coats. You know, everything, that's true. everything right. at those uh, wholesale clubs <laughs> typically come in 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 bulk. But that's um, beautiful. Thank you, Costco, and send Tina that check now. Send me that check, that advertising <laughs> check. <laughs> so, but Rita, thank you again, and thanks for repeating that. And um, what's the um, here? I'm going to put this down here in case anybody didn't get it. Uh, did you get it, Sky? Okay, 4141 West 71st Street. Is that That's what? it. West 71st, corner of 71st and Guyon. And uh, donations, you're, you're not going to make the distribution until the, the last. Of, yes, last week of this month. Okay, distribution. Although there's been a couple of mornings when it's been pretty chilly. Those kids yes, could have used those codes. Sure could have. So they'll do it before Halloween? Yes. Okay, and it's the Riley Youth Community Center. That's correct. All righty. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank Let me you. Make sure. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm making sure there's no more. Okay, Rita's got to go now, y'all. So uh, <laughs> if there's anything else you need, uh, Sky will put it on our, our website, praiseindy.com. And uh, Rita, I, I know we're going to claim that, that you're going to get those 500-plus coats to get those thank kids you. warmed up for yes, the summer. So thank thanks, you so much. Thanks again. And, and hey, whenever we get another call for you, I'll just call you down. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so very <laughs> thank much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And um, again, Rita's just an absolute joy, and we, we really appreciate everything she does here for us and out in the community. So thank you, Ron, and others for uh, asking again. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that the kids are all taken care of. Um, the um, homecoming season uh, I was talking about early, like at the beginning of the show, um, is, is a McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
And one of the more significant ones for, uh, you know, every, you know, colleges, universities, even high schools, they all, everybody has homecoming, you know, so. And, and one of the more significant ones uh, that this community is going to marvel at is the one that's going to be taking place over at Martin University. Martin University, of course, the state's only predominantly black uh, institution of learning. Uh, and they're getting ready to do up their homecoming in a big way. Uh, here now to tell us more about the Martin University homecoming is Martin University alum and master student Jasmine Hammer. Uh, Jasmine, thank you so much for being with us. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us about your uh, your Martin University experience before we get into homecoming because you're, you're, you're a Martiner. What, what, was there a, a name for a Martin University student? You're, I, I just said a Martiner, for, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the Bears. The Bears, okay, I love we that. We are the Martin University Bears. Got it. Once again, thanks for having me on. Yes, ma'am, I am alumni, class of 2021. Oh, congratulations. Thank and, you very much. Yeah, so what did you graduate uh, with a degree in? Liberal arts with a minor in religious studies. Minor in religious studies. So how, did you, how was it that you came to, uh, to Martin? Well, I started Martin University from a lady that worked there, and she told me about the program. I was already teaching a little bit, and she thought I would be great for the program, and turns out she was right. So tell us about your experience at Martin. What was it like? Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. Professors that care about you, smaller class sizes, so there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one learning. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So um, how long were you there? You were there from how long to how long? I was there from 18 to 21. 18 to 21. And so are you still taking any classes, any postgraduate classes? Yes, I recently started the master's program of leadership. So I'm excited about that. We're the first cohort and is absolutely phenomenal. So what is your experience at Martin University and the education that you've received up to this point? What does that prepare you for? Well, it prepares me for the working world. Everything I learn, I am utilizing right now. Literally, classes started in August, and I am using what I've learned thus far on the job. What occupation? Well, right now, I'm a substance abuse counselor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just started this career. I've changed careers from working with special education. I was at North Central High School for two years, and I recently started in substance abuse counseling. How are you liking that? I love what I do. To be able to assist someone and guiding them to sobriety is an amazing feeling. So how long did it take to convince you to, or what did it take, I guess I should say, to convince you to give Martin University a try? Well, one of the perks of Martin University, one of the benefits is they have a drop-off center um, where you can bring your child and attend classes right on campus. You don't have to leave. You can bring your child. You go to class. They um, do tutoring with your child. They feed your child, and then you take your child home after classes. And I don't know any other university that has that. Wow. So that, wow, that is, that was important. And, and you would have classes, were your classes during the day or at night or? 
they have a uh, well, they have night and day classes, but my classes was at night majority because I work during the day. Because you work during the day, so mm-hmm. tell us about uh, this is homecoming again, and yes. uh, so t- it starts what um, October sixteenth through the twenty third. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell us about what all we can expect for Martin University's homecoming twenty twenty three. Well, we're going to start with our citywide unity prayer breakfast. And that is Monday, October 16th at 9 a.m. in the Gavatorium. And it's a diverse faith leaders across Indianapolis will convene for meaningful discussions that foster unity and cooperation, as well as delve into the importance of higher education within the black and brown community. Now, this event is free, but we would like for you to RSVP at martin.edu slash homecoming. Okay. So what else? Okay, next we have our Brookside Park Community Service Project, which is Tuesday, October 17th at 9 a.m. And we're going to beautify Brookside Park, um, the alumni, students, and staff, and that will be at 3500 Brookside Park Way South. Okay. Now it looks like there's something else on Tuesday as well. Mm-hmm. Also, we're going to have... On Tuesday, the Barnes United Methodist Church Community Service Project. So it's going to be two projects in two different locations. So if you can't make one, we do ask that you attend the other. And that will be sorting and packing food. Um, It's a pantry. And we're going to put together toiletry bags for the community at Barnes United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. Address is 900 West 30th Street. So it looks like next is a Distinguished Alumni Awards reception. Yes, that is going to be an awesome event. That's Thursday, October 19th at 7 p.m. at Martin's Gavatorium. This is our second annual awards reception, and it's going to honor Brigadier General Felicia Broca. I hope I pronounced her last name properly. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana National Guard's first black female general. Mm-hmm. We will have light refreshments, and this event is also free, but it does require an RSVP. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, we we have to. I, I'm going to stop here and and help our listeners understand uh, advanced tickets or advanced RSVP or advanced registration. Yes. Uh, most of the time, it is, and and almost all of the time, so that there is enough to you know that it's not underestimated, especially if there's there's food or refreshments or what have you. It also helps with knowing how many are planning to be there in terms of how to space out the room. There's so many considerations uh, that uh, go into play when organizations ask for an advanced RSVP. And uh, so we, we just hope more people are doing that because it really does help facilitate everything that's important in terms of having um, an event. So this Distinguished Alumni Awards reception, how, how old is, is Martin University now? Well, we started in, uh, it was founded in 1977. 77, okay. Yes, ma'am. So we are... So that's what, 46, 47, almost 50 years. We're almost a 50-year. Almost almost a half a century Martin University yes. has been serving this community. And and that's important because the, the number of distinguished alumni is is just unbelievable. 
uh, the number of students who have graduated from Martin University, which continues to grow each and every year. Um, unbelievable. And the service that Martin University does for uh, the local community, again, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, and, and, you know, we love Martin. We, we love having it here. Um, we love the opportunities that, that, that are presented there. So it's it's just absolutely um, a jewel for us right here in the city. Now, the next thing, it looks like Friday, uh, a First Lady's Tea. Yes, ma'am. Friday is the First Lady's Tea, and that will be at 11.30 a.m. at the Carmichael Hotel. Where is that? I've never heard of that. Carmichael? Did it, was, did it used to be something else? I'm not sure if it used to be something else. I'm not uh, sure, but I have the address. It's 1 Carmichael Square in Carmel, Indiana. Ah, okay. Okay, okay, Carmichael, uh, Carmel, Indiana. Um, it might be new construction. I, I don't know. That See, that, that just shows how much I know about Carmel. But anyway, <laughs> it should be. It's okay. They always uh, doing something in Indiana. Yeah, everything's always a little. So anyway, it's going to feature, what, a moderated conversation. Uh, led by, oh my goodness, Alpha Blackburn and Denisha Ferguson, uh, founder and CEO of Indiana Fashion Foundation and international fashion designer, Corto Mamolu, I guess is the word cor correct. Um, the tea is going to be a little early. It's going to be, what, at 1130 a.m.? Yes, ma'am. And if you haven't got your ticket, we ask that you get one now. Mm -hmm. This is a big event, and it usually sells out pretty early. So if there's tickets left, I urge you to grab one now uh -huh. because they are usually sold out about now. <laughs> okay. Well, Jasmine, we have, and, and again, we're talking about uh, the upcoming Martin University is announcing the homecoming events for uh, this year, 2023, um, October 16th through the 23rd. We're about part of the way through the events. But, Jasmine, we have a caller on the line who has a question about homecoming and alumni. Uh, Sharon, go ahead. Hi, Tina. I just want to say that I myself had attended Martin University back in '92. Uh, they had a nursing program in conjunction with the University of Indianapolis, and I was one of the successful students that graduated with my degree. Well, congratulations! That's wonderful, Sharon. And then I would have had a double degree, plan to get a degree in humanities, but by the time it was over. But anyway, I was there when Father Boniface and Sister Jane was there, and mm. that was. Wonderful people. He was one man you could sit down and talk to. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Very so Sister Jane, she would go and make snacks for the students who couldn't afford lunch. We'd always have something in the break room mm -hmm. where we could have something to eat. So I consider myself Martin alumni, too. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for calling that in. I appreciate it, Thank Sharon. Thank you. Are you going to no be attending problem. any of the homecoming events? Yes, I'm listening now, I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to go to. Okay. I know there's going to be plenty. There's going to be plenty. Uh, <laughs> All right, there. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. And, uh, Sharon, if you, uh, if you want to, if you don't remember everything that we've talked about, you can always go to martin.edu, martin.edu. So, um, yeah, the First Lady's Tea sounds like quite the highbrow affair. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Well, people like that. I, I love it. <laughs> Love it. it gives us an opportunity to get beautiful and get dressed up and have some good old fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, next, um, on Saturday, October the 20th, uh, the Community Access Fair. What is that? 
So the Community Access Fair is um, sponsored by Martin's National Center for Racial Equity and Inclusion. Mm -hmm. This event is aimed at fostering partnerships, disrupting systematic barriers, and connecting the community to companies, organizations, and our allies that are entrenched in work that combat systematic issues. So, in a word, um, helping out, helping us out. Yes, ma'am. Uh, They're going to have people there from education, housing, criminal justice, employment, health entities, and more. This event is also free. Yeah. And again, so often when it comes to making, uh, you know, to, to achieving success uh, and building bridges and doing things in these particular mm -hmm. areas, um, access is key. Access yes. is absolutely key. So the fact that there will be a community access fair helping people understand what access is, how to gain uh, access, and how to work access is is really really great. And the fact that it's it's free as well um, is good. It looks the like barriers. Yeah. Yeah. The barriers. Yeah. Yes. Martin.edu/slash/homecoming. Martin.edu/slash/homecoming is is a better address there. So, um, and then uh, boy, this is something we've been hearing about the last. A blood drive. Um, yes. The blood drive is Saturday, 10 a.m., Martin's um, Classroom CND, which is on the first level. Versity sponsored um, this blood drive. Mm -hmm. So we can help the community. People have emergency situations. And if you are able to donate, we do ask you to donate. Mm -hmm. You never know if it's you going to need some blood. You don't know. Yeah. Right. So if you can, we ask that you do. And donations, uh, and, and it says uh, due to the prevalence of certain blood-related diseases that disproportionately impact and affect black and brown communities, blood donations are essential uh, for saving lives within our community. Um, and you're right, the, the, the blood center, Versity Blood Center, um, committed to helping save more lives. But the thing about blood is that it doesn't have a very long shelf life. Think about milk. You know, mm -hmm. you, you buy it in the store and it's as fresh as it's going to be. Um, it's as fresh as it's going to be fresh. And then after a while, you have to throw it out because it's not it's not useful anymore. It's not good anymore. And so that's why we have to keep a steady flow of uh, uh, a steady flow of blood donations. I know some people that they just don't miss. They give it, they give it and they just give and they keep giving. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. But if we could get more people in our community into just a habit, even if you only do it once or twice a year, I mean, there are those that do more, there are those that do less, but some kind of a regular donation helps out tremendously because again, when donations are made, especially for uh, the blood types that are our black and brown uh, mm -hmm. communities, uh, when they are made, they are only good for so long and then we got to do it again. So, we certainly need that. Um, certainly need that. So anyway, we're we're good with that, and that's a, that's a reminder that we can never have too often about blood. So there we Correct. go. Uh, also on Saturday, October the twentieth, what's going on then? Besides, was well, the, the Royal Gold Affair? It looks like. Yes. Yes, on the 21st, we have the Royal Gold Affair. This party will feature some of the hottest college R&B and hip-hop classics from one of Indy's hottest DJs, DJ Pimp C, and will be hosted by Ted Hardy. It is a 21 and over event. 
Sorry, um, guys, you can't come out if you're under 21. But if you're 21 and up, we do invite you out to come and party with us. There is a dress code, and security will be strictly enforced. And the dress code is what? We're going to do business casual. Okay. And that, that so they don't necessarily, it's a, it says a Royal Gold Affair, um, and it's a party, one of the college, okay, classics from Indy's Hotties DJ Pimp C. Um, now, Ted Hardy. Right, no gym shoes, no, no jeans. Okay. And that's good. That's good. That's mm-hmm. that's really really good. So, and then um, Sunday evening, um, uh, which wraps up, I guess, the homecoming, um, the homecoming experience. Yes, ma'am. So on Sunday we're going to have a praise and worship service, and that's going to be Sunday evening at Martin's Gathatorium. And it's the grand finale. We're going to wrap up the festivities with church service. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be uh, presented by the pastor is senior pastor of St. Stephen Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Dr. Cosby was named the 13th president. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Cosby. His name has come up a yeah. couple of times. It has come up a couple of times, I believe, uh, Pastor. Uh, he was just here. Uh, out at Mount Carmel, I do believe, for Pastor Theron Williams' uh, revival, uh, uh, consecration and rededication, I do believe. So he is he's quite popular in the uh, central Indiana area and, and very popular, um, uh, very well established in, in Louisville. So he's, he's, he's quite the uh, he's, he's quite the theologian. Um, so uh, yeah, so it, it 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 starts with a prayer and it ends with a prayer. So how how much better than that? You can't wrap anything <laughs> up any better than that, uh, <laughs> any better than that. So Jasmine, thank you so much. Congratulations and much congratulations on your continued studies at Martin University. Uh, you do them proud. You represent proud. You represent them proudly. <laughs> thank you so much. All righty. Thank you. I appreciate it. And again, have a great day. You too. Thank you. And again, that's Jasmine Hammer. Uh, she's a, uh, a Martin University graduate and uh, a, a master's student now because she's uh, going back to get her master's, master's, uh, master's degree uh, at Martin. And again, uh, we figured out Martin, as, uh, as Jasmine had mentioned, was founded in 1977. So it makes it 46 years old. Yep. 46 years old. Uh, It says, founded in 77, uh, Indiana's only predominantly black institution of higher education, as we've said before, and steeped uh, due to, thankfully and and gratefully due to Father Boniface Hardin and others, um, a history of service and to educate and develop diverse uh, workforce-ready students, an inclusive, supportive uh, collegiate environment. Uh, The vision is to elevate the landscape while providing transformative opportunities, um, inclusive support and service to our communities. And so that's that's a little bit more about Martin University. But you hear about Martin all the time uh, here uh, at the station. And it is quite the jewel. It is quite a jewel. It's not, I mean, I think it was founded very, very shortly after the cutoff to be officially an HBCU. Um, but it's close. It's a, uh, it's a predominantly black institution, a PBI of higher learning, um, and the states only. So that, you know, that's, that's, that's good. That's great. And just addresses the needs of so many, uh, African-American and communities of color. So, uh, again, 
Martin is inviting everybody, uh, former students, current students, future students. Uh, oh, my goodness, we didn't get to talk about that. But I'm sure that there will be some opportunities uh, there throughout this week, this homecoming week, uh, for students to uh, enroll at Martin uh, if they are interested. And I know Martin always has a lot of um, financial incentives, if you will, um, scholarships, uh, really, really good opportunities for uh, uh, people to enroll. And again, uh, everything starts Monday, October 16th, uh, 9 a.m., uh, Citywide Unity Prayer Breakfast. Uh, that'll be in the Gathatorium um, Tuesday at 9 a.m., uh, Brookside Park Community Service Project. Also on Tuesday, another community service project. It'll be the Barnes United Methodist Church Um and that'll be at 10, uh, and students and volunteers are going to sort and pack food pantry boxes during that one. Uh, Thursday, uh, October 19th, in the Gathatorium again, uh, Distinguished Alumni Awards Reception. And this is the second annual, so and I'm sure it won't be the last, the second annual uh, awards ceremony. And there's so many... Um, so many distinguished alumni uh, from Martin. It, it would be difficult to, but I'm glad that they are going to be recognized uh, in this particular uh, event. Uh, Friday, uh, the First Lady's Tea in Carmel. Uh, Martin University First Lady Tasha Huddleston is going to host lunch and an inspiring conversation. That's going to be uh, October 19th, 1130 a.m., at the luxurious Hotel Carmichael of One Carmichael Square in Carmel, Indiana. Community access fairs coming up Saturday, October 20th. That's at 10 a.m. at the Gathatorium as well. Uh, there, the center at Martin, the National Center for Racial Equity and Inclusion, uh, is going to be hosting that. Um, in terms of showing, uh, you know, uh, fostering partnerships and things of that nature uh, to help uh, people within the community understand and gain uh, access to where they need to go. Then on Friday, uh, Saturday uh, as well, 10 a.m., same time in the Gathatorium, uh, a blood drive, a blood drive. Uh, so the, the Gathatorium is huge, and so these both are going to be taking place um, and the, the blood drive, of course, due to the prevalence of certain blood-related diseases uh, that disproportionately impact black and brown communities, blood donations are always needed. And as I was saying, the blood uh, in and of itself has a, doesn't have as long of a shelf life as a lot of people might think. Uh, there's a certain point in time when you have to dispose of it and you need to restock. So hopefully we can get some folks into the habit of just donating blood. Uh, Royal Gold Affair, Saturday, October 20th. Uh, that'll be at 8 o'clock at the Gathatorium. And then on Sunday, uh, evening worship service, Sunday the 21st, 6 p.m. Uh, in the Gathatorium as well. And so we say congratulations uh, to Martin University on uh, what looks like an amazing homecoming uh, week of events. And thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. We are going to be right back with more Community Connection. Going to be talking about road improvements around I-465 and your input? Uh-huh. Yep. Right after this. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. 
And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. We're heading just about at the top of our second hour of Community Connection. Uh, had some really good conversations. Uh, Martin University uh, coming up on their homecoming week. It's always a big time whenever anybody has a homecoming. But we're always especially proud of our uh, local predominantly black uh, institution here in the state of Indiana, Martin University. So congratulations, uh, Martin, on um, 46 years of excellence and Hey, another good homecoming. So it sounds like it's going to be a great time. Um, as I mentioned earlier um, in, in the show, uh, the name of the project is called Propel Indy. It's an upcoming initiative to modernize the 40-year-old interstates within the I-465 loop. Now, NDOT is asking for your help to identify specific areas for improvement as well as innovative ideas to update and modernize uh, transportation um, along those routes. Uh, here now with more on Propel Indy are Tim Miller, Propel Indy Study Project Manager and Senior Project Manager at HNTB Corporation, and Natalie Garrett, Natalie Garrett, uh, Communications Director for NDOT, Indiana Department of Communications. So, uh, Tim, uh, Natalie, welcome to Community Connection. How are you doing? Hello, doing well. Thank you for having us today. Thank you for being here with us. This uh, Propel Indy sounds sounds interesting. Help us propel Indy forward is the plea, I guess, so, or is the uh, is the ask, so to speak. So, so explain what the project is, if you can, and then we can go from there. Yeah, so I think a great place to start is kind of what is a PEL? Um, PEL stands for Planning and Environmental Linkage Study. It's, it's a planning study. Uh -huh. um, it's, a more, it's a collaborative approach um, and encourages the public to be engaged earlier in the planning process. Um, you know, we're, we're looking decades into the future and how we can, um, how we can modernize and improve transportation in Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay, so so how did this come about? What's what 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 propelled uh, propel? So what, by the way, you know what what got it into existence? Sure, Tina. Uh, you know, as we look at our interstate system within 465, we know that some of the um, I-65 and I-70 uh, portions of those interstates are reaching 40, 50 years old in age. And many of them were designed and planned for, constructed um, in the late 1960s and early 1970s. And as we get closer to thinking about what we do with that and as far as how we modernize it, this just is an excellent opportunity for us to take some time and really think about and really plan for that future on how we want those interstates to integrate within the community. Uh, I know this is a community connections program, and so having those interstates integrate into the communities in which we in all which we all live play and stay um, and so this is an opportunity for us to really go out to the public and think about and really talk to residents and stakeholders about what do they want that those systems to provide so how extensive a modernization are we looking at how many miles of interstate uh, how much money and and I guess NDOT is going to fund it correct that is correct. NDOT is funding this study. Mm -hmm. We do not have a specific budget on what we need to uh, modernize those interstates. And, Tina, one of the reasons for that is, you know, this is, as Natalie mentioned, this is a little different approach than what we've taken um, in the past, whereas we are asking the, the public to help us decide and help us 
come up with the projects that what we need. Mm-hmm. And so once we identify those needs and what the public and all our stakeholders want, we'll, we'll bring those back. We'll come up with some alternatives, and then we can put some potential price tags on those. But, yeah. again, as Natalie mentioned, and, and what differs this study from others is we are going in here without a preconceived idea of what we need to do. We know we simply need to work with the community, and so this can be a very collaborative process. So – uh, and again, if you're just tuning in, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Um, NDOT is asking to hear from as many of you as possible um, in terms of questions, concerns, or ideas for um, what appears to be planned improvement uh, for the interstate, the highways uh, within the I-465 loop. So if you have a, an opinion about how you feel it should go, what needs to be modernized, anything creative or what have you, uh, please feel free to give us a call uh, and let us know what your thoughts are, 317-239-1310. So what, what's the average life? You said 40 years old. What's the life expectancy of, of these interstate highways? Is it 40 years? Is you know What is it? As we plan for interstates, we usually plan for at least 20 years out and sometimes 30 years. But um, interstates, they the, the, the design life um, could be up to 40 years. And so we are we're not there yet. Um, but as some of these locations, as, as you noticed um, last year, we wrapped up and completed the, earlier this year the North Split project. Mm-hmm. And again, you think about that North Split area that we just replaced was opened up in 1974, 1975, and it was it was approaching its design life. And that is something where we went in and, and we modernized that portion. Um, now, other areas have had some routine maintenance that extend that the design life a little bit more. But at the end of the day, we do know that um, you know we are approaching. Um, some of that uh, closer, and so 40, 50 years is some of that is some of that time frame. Are are we in danger of the collapse of bridges and overpasses? Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. Um, those are inspected on a regular, routine basis, several times a year. Um, no, and and this was Tina. This is one of the reasons why we have some time to go out there and evaluate what what our needs are, both from a community standpoint and from a design uh, standpoint. So, what what kinds of things might the community? Well, I, I guess the community needs to figure out and understand what um, a modernization might look like, uh, what could be could be done before they weigh in on what they would like or, or maybe not. What you know, in, in general, what does a modernization of a project like this look like? I mean, I think that's a, a very open-ended question. Um, I mean, at this point, um, you know, Everything's on the table. We're seeking bold ideas, big ideas. Um, McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
examples of what we've heard so far, uh, lighting improvements, signage improvements, uh, sidewalk connection, green space, um, you know, some of the some of the things that we're thinking about, some of the things we're looking at, you know, may seem small, but to the communities that they're um, that they're located in and that they're serving, you know, they're big, they're bigger things. How how long did the split take from beginning to completion? So this study will um, last two years, and then will um, some projects will come out of that. So this yeah. is a two-year study. Two-year study. I mean, what I'm saying is, when when you did the split downtown, how long did that take from from beginning to end? Um, the environmental process, you know, kind of the planning, design, environmental mm -hmm. that that can take you know years. Um, as far as construction, it was two two and a half years. Yes. Mm, two, two and a half years. Okay, okay. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. So what area are we talking about the entire 465 loop around the city of Indianapolis and the highways within that? So what we're talking about is I-65 and I-70 within the 465. Uh, okay. So okay. I-65 and I-70 with a couple of exceptions. One would be just a little bit of exception um, where the North Split Interchange was just recently constructed because yeah. it was just recently modernized. And then there's a section between the South Split and 465 that there's an active project right now. But all the other... Uh, alignment or all the other interstate mileage between um, the 465 loop within the 465 loop of I-65 and I-70 is included in the study. Okay. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310 if you'd like to weigh in. Uh, Lifestyles with Eric, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday, Tina. Happy Thursday. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to complain then. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, since I, I'm listening and, and, and you're saying you want uh, input, I'm not going to complain like because I'm a driver and that's what I do for a profession. So I have to use the highway every day. And um, seeing that I'm from Indianapolis, but I've lived in California before, the one thing I can do say I can say that we do need uh, because we've invited a lot of new people to live here now, and the highways are definitely being. Uh, used. Um, I think that, not I think, I'm sure that we need at least a HOV or a carpool lane at this point uh, with more than one person in the vehicle. Or if they don't have that, there's a little box that you can put up in your uh, rearview mirror that I had to purchase when I lived in California if it's just one person in the vehicle. And when rush hour traffic is going on, you can jump in that lane. You can sometimes go a little faster, and it um, normally gets you past all the rush hour stuff, and then you jump off and you get back down into regular traffic. Now, um, I've been seeing this 465 construction stuff on the north side going on the last five years. Um, now we're at a major part of it where they're constructing the 6937 uh, project from the south side. Now, that has become truly one of the biggest headaches. Uh, not that I'm trying not to complain, but <laughs> it's being a headache as far as um, us as civilians trying to maneuver when everywhere you go in Indianapolis in the inner loop is on a detour. It's hard to make, you know, I don't have to do that to get to work every day, but I just feel for the other individuals that every every night there's a different change uh, with the blocks being switched over so there's different lane obstructions daily um so i just hope that you know i've never seen our our city this under construction and it just seems like i know that there's an end date to all of this 
but it seems like it's awfully long. And I know that the improvements are going to do great things for us, but it's frustrating as a person that does this professionally drive. So, um, so Lifestyles, as a professional driver, what yes. suggestions would you offer that would improve? You know, I, I understand I'm, the inconvenience aside. What, okay. what would make sense I, I or what do you think would make your job better? Um, okay, not shutting everything down at the exact same time, even though they, everything is, is busted and broke down and needs to be repaired. You can't shut down a whole entire uh, – it's almost like the whole city shut down. And it seems as if we have to figure out a way to get to where we need to get to. And, and, and I know that you guys are doing the best you can. I get it. Um, that's what I'm saying. Um, try to – you shouldn't – I don't think that we, have, we should have shut – parts of the highway down or redirected everything so soon. I think that we should have done section by section and get something done. And then, okay, let's shut down this part. But every part that is being improved, it seems like it's going to take two to three years. So we're looking at years when it's done. Now it'll be good when it's done, but just shutting everything down at the same time, that's a suggestion. So how about we don't do that? But it's already done now. But I've suggested the one thing. When everything is improved, I think we need to add an extra lane for travelers more with more than one person in the vehicle. Okay. okay. Uh, that's definitely a, a, a definite improvement. But I've been saying stuff about streetlights and this being the darkest state that I've ever driven in in my life, ever. This, <clears throat> you know, if you go to California, if you go to other states, you just drive through their states on the highways. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say highways. Their highways are lit up. Indianapolis and Indiana highways aren't. You just got to figure it out. You got to figure it out in the rural areas. You got to figure out where you're at on the highways. We've got some lighting, but just not adequate lighting as we should have. So that's definitely an improvement. I feel like um, I suggest that. Absolutely. Um, I just hope everything gets done in, a, in an adequate time and, and, and us as taxpayers aren't, you know, just waiting and waiting and waiting and being super. I almost used the bat. Not this is, you know, I had to sit in traffic for 45 minutes on 465 right before you get to Allisonville Road at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This wasn't rush hour. I can tell you what they were doing. They were picking up the big blocks to uh, redirect uh, or change the, lat- the, the patterns of traffic in the middle of the day. We don't work on things at night anymore. They don't put the bright lights out like they used to do when I was younger um, to get things done faster. So that's a suggestion, too. Yeah. Okay. Not happening anymore. Okay. okay. Thank you right. for listening, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lifestyles. 317 239 317-239-1310. Uh, your suggestions uh, for how to improve um, proposed uh, modernization of I-65 and I-70 within the 465 loop. Uh, now's your opportunity to weigh in. Uh, Lifestyles just did. 317-239-1310. We have uh, the project manager and NDOT here with us. Um, your, uh, yeah, your response to his uh, his uh, his share, uh, and then I wanted to ask you a couple of questions to follow up on that. But your response to his comments? Sure. I mean, those are you know um, the gentleman's uh, recommendation or idea about HOV lanes. It's mm-hmm. not the first time we have heard this. Um, it's high occupant, high occupant vehicle lanes, and those are the type of ideas we're looking for. Um, regarding lighting, we've had some discussion on lighting and whether or not you know we need to, from an LED, we've had some comments, over 800 comments thus far, and we can get into those a little bit. Mm-hmm. But some of those comments are, you know, our residents and those that live along the interstates would like the direct 
uh, LED lighting that the lighting is, is going straight down on the roadway to light that up but not cause lighting to infiltrate outside of mm -hmm. where its intended purposes are. Mm -hmm. um, regarding construction, yes, we, we um, construction is just where we're at right now in the construction season. Um, you know, it, 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 it is a testament of the amount of investment that we are putting in the interstate systems here in Marion County and throughout the state. And um, just recently, I think it was within um, within the last month or so, Indiana was ranked uh, by CNBC as top five for infrastructure. And much of that is because of the roads and the bridges and the investments mm -hmm. that we are working with. And, mm -hmm. you know, we go through those construction zones just like everybody else. And we are, our intent on, on some of the, the delays in the construction zones are we want to have a have a maintenance of traffic pattern that really creates a safe work zone for our construction workers for the men and women out there yeah, yeah. That. but um, but as far as the those opportunities and, and what the gentleman just said those is exactly what we we're talking about yeah. um, those big what, old ideas that mm -hmm. next level of, of generation what do we want those interstates and how does, how should it serve marion county what about lighting yeah i mean lighting is obviously um it's a it's an interesting topic. Um, we have the the brand new I four sixty five and I sixty nine interchange on the south west side where the new I sixty nine project is coming in. Those high mass lighting right now are going up. Those are going to be very directional lighting going down, and those lights will be turned on most likely by the end of the month. Um, but lighting is something that we've heard a lot from our residents. Mm -hmm. um, and again, but more importantly, we want to make sure we we light the roadway and make sure it's safe. And um, mm -hmm. but then you know for the neighborhoods we want to make sure we respect those who are neighbors to that to that piece mm -hmm. of uh, infrastructure as well. So what about the HOV uh, lanes, the carpooling? Do they work? I mean, are they? I mean, do they really work? Um, we don't have any in Indiana. Um, as the gentleman mm -hmm. did, they're out in, in California, they're in Georgia, they're in Florida. They're, they're in Illinois because I've, yeah. I've driven in so, Chicago, and I, yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but and he's driven in a lot of places. He's a professional right. driver. I, I was just curious about the effectiveness of them. Uh, yeah, and that's something we would really, you know, it's a great question, and we would have to take a look at really mm -hmm. the data and where traffic is moving and whether or not the people of Central Indiana and, and Indiana would what is their response to something like that? But that's exactly the conversation that we're trying to have today, mm -hmm. uh, not only today, over the next couple of years, of what do people think about that? Yeah, indeed. And speaking of what people think, we have another caller, 317-239-1310. What are your thoughts on improvement, uh, planned improvements to uh, 65 and 70 within I-465 loop here in the city of Indianapolis? Uh, now is your opportunity to, to voice your concerns and, and, and offer your ideas. Uh, Sid, go ahead. How are you? Uh, yes, uh, I ran a service route in the state of Indiana since 76, just recently retired. I've probably driven 2 million miles. Uh, the problem that I have, that I've seen over the years, over the decades, Indiana does not invest in a quality reflective paint where you can see the street markers on, well, the lines on the street when it's, when it's raining. That's one of the major concerns. Uh, the rain, rain or inclement weather, like snow, rain, in, yeah. Well, well, yeah. basically rain, snow, if it's snow, you, if the street's clear, you're not going to be able to see them neither. But yeah. I know when it rains, the reflective paint that they use, the quality of it does not have enough reflective properties to see the lines or the markers, which basically, basically in the poorly lit areas, it's very dangerous. And I've, like I say, I've driven rural areas. It's the same there. 
the other challenge, uh, they just recently finished the inner loop, and you do not want to travel from 65 north going toward downtown anytime after 2 o'clock. It's a traffic jam because of the lane configuration where they've switched the east to west, I mean the east to 70 east to the right-hand lane, and now they've got the 65 in the left-hand lane, and it causes a big problem because when the hospital traffic tries to come on, they're trying to get over to the right-hand lane to go 70 east, and then the mix-up between those trying to want to go 65 south. It's a parking lot almost all the way up to uh, 21st or 29th Street sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in the evening. So I avoid that area. So so what would your suggestions be? Uh, uh, I think they should have had a flyover lane, you know, to avoid all of that, uh, whichever direction they wanted to do it, uh, to eliminate mm-hmm. one of those crossovers. But, my like say, my biggest concern was the the reflective paint that they don't use on the line markers because, like I say, I've driven a lot of miles, and it's it's quite hazardous when it rains. Yeah, yeah, makes a good, that's a good point, Sid. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sid, for your, your comments. I appreciate them and your input. Uh, is there a difference in the quality of reflective paints that's used? Um, NSA is, we're currently working through updating some of our standards related to pavement markings, including um, materials, um, you know, that we're using for those pavement markings. So we're constantly looking for ways to improve and ways to improve safety, um, you know, out on state roadways. So finding a higher quality reflective paint might be part of that? Potentially, yes. And I think that's you know, we can work that into our comments mm-hmm. um, and, you know, what we're gathering and, you know, ways that we can improve this, not only yeah. state roads statewide, but, you know, specifically I-65 and I-70. Yeah. Um, ways we can implement that uh, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Thoughts, opinions, suggestions uh, about modernizing. Uh, these uh, these roadways within the I-465 loop, pr- predominantly I-460, excuse me, 465, I-65, and I-70. Sean, uh, go ahead. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I'm a professional driver. I've been all over the country. Um, I personally believe that the hob lanes are uh, majority just a waste of space. Well, um, I, I've been in cities where I've I've kind of come to that conclusion as well because I, I just don't. Yeah. But then, what do I know? I mean, I'm not a professional driver, but in the areas uh, where I have driven uh, and seen these, it's like, huh, what, you know? But but yeah, you know, it, you would know better. During rush, yeah. rush hour, they're all right. Uh, through the mid part of the day, some cities have it where you could drive on them anytime if you're a single passenger. Mm-hmm. Rush hour, they'll just give you a ticket or pull you over. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's the last thing you want is cops sitting on the side of the road during <laughs> rush hour and no. blowing up traffic. Right, right. Um, that's true. What they, what I would suggest is through lanes around 465. Put a through lane that only has an exit around every major uh, intersection. So you could get through a through lane on 65 to 465, and you're in that lane until you get, say, around the 70 or around the 69. Mm. That way traffic just flows and goes, and you don't have people that want to get on the interstate and think that they have to get in the left lane as quickly as possible 
and then try to hit the exit within 10 feet from getting to the exit. That's where most accidents and most backups that I've seen come from, is people trying to get on the interstate, cross over four lanes of traffic into the left lane, yeah. and then cross back over right before their exit. Where uh, I know in Texas, they've got a lot of uh, through lanes. Um, and they've also done something good there where instead of widening the interstate and adding more lanes, you know, we've got the technology and the capability of going up. So the 65-70 split in downtown, we don't need to widen that or block it off or just make it two lanes either way. You can have what's already there is 65 solely and then build 70 right on top of that. So you're not taking up any more real estate you know, to the sides of the interstate, you're building on top of each other. Um, I think that would also help the traffic in downtown because, like other people have said, it is a parking lot during rush hour. You've got people trying to go 65 south from the north side of Indy to the south side of Indy, and when you get downtown in the split, you're trying to cross over people on 70 trying to go through downtown and stay on 70. So you've got this crossover effect, like a zipper effect of traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a headache. Hmm. I, the, the through lane thing, though, that's, that's really intriguing because I've been in cities where that's been the case, too. And you're right, Sean, it does does eliminate some of the confusion in terms of, of getting over, especially a lot of people are listening to GPSs now, and they can be a little late or a little lag in giving you the exit or when time to turn right or turn left. So, uh, yeah, the through lane, I, that's that's interesting. I, 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 any thoughts on that, uh, Tim or Natalie? Uh, I do know that an express lane is a strategy that we've used up on the clear path mm-hmm. um, on the on the northeast side of Indianapolis where construction is currently happening. Of course, this is in a work zone, um, but it, it has helped move traffic through the work zone, you know, for those that are um, trying to reach 69 um, directly. You know, they're not, their destination isn't one of the exits in between. Um, you know, so helping to keep traffic moving, um, avoiding congestion. Yeah. And that is something that Sean mentioned. Uh, we, we just documented that down as a suggestion, um, as something that he would like to maybe have corridor-wide inside the 465. But, Tina, that's exactly what we're out there talking in different types of perspectives. Someone who lives alongside the interstate or someone who uses that either, you know, for a short-haul route or a long-haul route, this is what really is yeah. giving us a lot of great ideas. What, what about his stacking idea? That That's probably been an example in cities that he's been in as well. And I'm really impressed with the fact that we've had a number of uh, professional drivers call in uh, and their suggestions are, are seemingly on point because they know they you know like one guy said he logged two million miles what about the stacking um, you know as, as he mentioned you know one of our always goals is to make sure um, whenever you know that we limit the amount of if any right away would we would be required and that could be either recessing or maybe even going up so those are ideas that certainly uh, are done in other parts of the country and something we could take a look at if there's an interest here um, and because we want to continue this world-class transportation system that we have here so it's a it's a great comment Tina that we'll that we'll take a look at is there anything 
specifically not possible in the state of Indiana just because we are the state of Indiana that, say, for instance, something that might work in uh, California may not work in Indiana or something that may work in Vermont may not work in Indiana? Or are all possibilities on the table? Right now, we are any possibilities on the table. Um, you know, we, we are a... Uh, like I said, we're relatively flat in this area. Uh, we don't have um, some of the constraints that others have. We don't have the beaches and the palm trees, but we also, um, it's very, it's very um, the, the constructability, we don't have some of the issues that other parts of the country do. Um, so really there are some things that we can do that others can't that we would just have to take a look at. Uh, and weather extremes uh, don't really play into it a whole lot? You know, with our technology and the pavement technology and concrete technology, uh, it's something always that we work with our partners in the industry to to make a weather resistant and, and make those long lasting. But so far, not really. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, how much longer uh, is this input going to be solicited and uh, recorded? How much longer are you going to be doing this? So we're actually actively look, working with um, everybody. We don't have an endpoint of when people can submit us comments and suggestions, and we have a very active website called propelindy.com. Um, we have visited with over 40 neighborhoods and organizations within the last 90 days and gotten ideas, over 800 of those ideas, and, and a lot of those, Tina, are repetitive, but uh, that's just the, the thing that we've been doing and really reaching out, and um, I know your, your guest right before us was at Martin University. We were there on July 20th and had probably 30 people that was really good us some constructive ideas and so uh, we hope that continues and um, we encourage people to continue to give us those bold ideas and can those ideas be recorded at propelindy.com Oh, all of them are recorded. All of them are recorded. Okay, so you can put them. If they didn't get a chance to to weigh in here on the show today, uh, go to propelindy.com. Tim and Natalie, thank you both so much. And uh, you know, maybe uh, when you're you're getting close, we can you know we can revisit it again and, and ask for a little more input because this is great. I, I love the fact that people are able to weigh in and give ideas and suggestions. It's been a lot of good food for thought for me, I tell you. So. That's right. Well, thank you very much for having us. We all really right. appreciate talking to you and your audience. All righty, thank you. And do come back sometime soon. We'll do. Thank okay, you. thank you. Thank you. And we're going to take another break right here. When we come back, uh, should be talking with uh, Danny Bridges. Yeah, from the Indianapolis Recorder. We're going to be talking sports coming up. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Danny Bridges, our sports guy with the Indianapolis Recorder, is going to be with us probably in the next five to ten minutes. Um, so we're going to be talking with Danny shortly. But I um, just wanted to to recap what we the, the I, I think the conversation we just had was extremely important, um, and that is the vision uh, for the future of the the interstates, especially those within uh, the I four sixty five loop around the city of Indianapolis, mainly, um, I-65 and I-70. Um, the NDOT is just in the beginning stages, but they're doing something a little differently uh, this time in terms of soliciting community input, public input first, and then fashioning the modernization around what that input uh, ended up being. And so uh, if you were able 
uh, to call in and and converse and interact with the folks from NDOT. Uh, during the, the time that they were able to be here, you were very fortunate because you got your um, you got your points across and got your suggestions in. But they'll be back, and there's a 24/7 opportunity to um, to weigh in um, if you like, and it's propelindy.com, propelindy.com, and um, they're asking for your help. Uh, that doesn't always happen at this point in the in the process it doesn't always happen before a lot of times the process is already put together they've already decided what they're going to do and this is how we're going to do it now and then they'll ask for for public input but this time they're doing um uh, doing everything a little bit different and asking for your voice because they firmly believe that the, your voice makes a difference so um they're wanting to hear from as many hoosiers as they can um including questions, concerns, or ideas for improvement. Um, I believe Lifestyles gave us all those all those together. Uh, it's an easy way to, to join the conversation and make uh, the area uh, more of what you want it to be. And the idea of the, um, they, they seem to like the idea. The lighting thing, boy, have we had lighting conversations from the city to the interstates to all around the state. Lighting, what is the problem with the state of Indiana, uh, city of Indianapolis, county of Marion, and all the other? What is the problem with the lights? I mean, I don't understand why we can't have more lights, but lighting is definitely a concern. So if enough people say it enough times, maybe it'll get through that we need more lights out there. I had never thought about the the grade of the paint that's on the um, on the ground the markers you know the the reflective paint markers uh, I had never thought about that but now that I think about it in some other areas and some other states and cities that I've driven in it's been very bold very bright so it's either the the quality or the grade of the paint or the fact that that paint is kept up to date more often, because I don't, I think Indiana's, um, it, it's just not the paint isn't refreshed as much as it should be. I will say that. Now, whether that's as a result, maybe that means bad quality. Maybe it's a combination of both. But I think that um, that was a very good point, especially in the rain. Now, in the snow, he's right. Um, you can't really see um, much in the snow because it's going to cover it anyway. But still, that paint. Uh, the the vibrancy of the paint and the color and the the fact that it, if you're driving in the rain in the dark in the state of Indiana is is a challenge. It's a challenge. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And if it's a hard rainstorm, just you know forget about it. But if there is reflections from the the highway lines, uh, the lines that are drawn on the highway, strong reflections, good reflections, that really does uh, make a difference. So. Uh, thank you for that that uh, that observation as well. Uh, as far as the HOV, the high occupant vehicle lanes, uh, the carpool lanes. I again, I've been in cities where those are are you know in place, and I just don't understand the difference that they make. But I'm usually hey, I'm usually just driving through. I mean, I'm not there camped out and don't know. But from what I've seen, just in driving through. I don't know that it just doesn't seem to be much of a, you know, much of a difference to me. I do think that the express lanes really make a difference. Those are great. And again, especially with people <clears throat> who are listening to um, uh, to GPS instructions as they're driving. And I'm going to tell you, that's one of my pet peeves. I just kind of like to know 
Maybe I'm just too, too, too old school, but I like to know where I'm going. A rough idea before. I, I use GPS for the intricacies of getting somewhere. Like once I get, but if I if I know like hit 65 here and then get off on exit so and so, if I can know those things, I don't want to depend on a GPS because it doesn't tell you. And then when you exit, you know, you're just going down the lane and I'm thinking, okay, which way? Right, left, right, left. Which way do I need to go, GPS? So I, I kind of, if I can, if at all possible, I just like to know uh, where I'm going with the big. Now, again, once you get into a city and the, the uh, turn here, turn there and go away, those are good. Uh, but I still think that some GPS um, uh, instructions lag uh, behind in terms of time. And uh, that can be a problem for driving as well. So good, good for the, uh, good for NDOT, uh, good for the Propel Indy project, um, and good for the request for public input uh, because improvement is going to be made. We know that the, you know the the roads and the highways have to be improved because they have to be kept safe. Uh, but if you can help uh, to modern in that modernization project and modernization process, um, all the better. So we like that. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Um... Also, we talked about Martin University and their upcoming homecoming. A lot of places are having homecoming. Uh, the uh, the high school that my youngsters went to, my young adults now, they're oh, not babies anymore. But uh, they had their homecoming. Um, uh, my, I'm trying to think, my dad's high school. Yes, they did. They did. Uh, in, in Madison, Indiana, my father's 83. And they had a homecoming slash reunion. So this is the season. I mean, I, something about um, September and October. They had theirs in September, uh, the homecoming. But good for Martin, uh, 46 years young <laughs> and having a really, really good time, starting with prayer and ending with prayer, uh, which is wonderful, and a whole lot of good stuff in between. So congratulations uh, to Martin University. Um, the other uh, thing I wanted to just, I, I'm going to stay on this, and you all are going to get tired of hearing me talk about it, but voting, 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 voting. Uh, yesterday was day one of uh, early voting uh, here in the state of Indiana. Uh, we, James and I talked about it, and James, will, he should be with us tomorrow. Uh, but uh, the fact that is really, really disappointing. Yes, early voting is here from now until in some places all the way up to the day before the election, noon, the before the election. But right now, and for a lot of days, the inching ever so closely, it's just in one location. 
in Marion County, city county building, and that's that's it. So if, like James says, if you're not uh, downtown or haven't planned a trek downtown and want an early vote, um, you know, so there's that. But anyway, absentee voting uh, is an option as well, and, and you know, the vote by mail and and things of that nature. Uh, but these deadlines are problematic for me. So uh, all the way up until the 28th of um, October, uh, Hoosiers, Marion County residents, uh, can go down to the city county building and vote early. Uh, and I, you know what, I will probably do that. I probably will do that one morning on my way to work, uh, especially since um, uh, it's open from uh, 8 a.m., and so I can get down there early, find a good parking spot. No, you can't find good parking spot in downtown Indianapolis at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. You just can't because everybody's going to work, and the parking garage prices are extended. So what, I'm, what I may do is just park uh, somewhere and get my steps in and walk over. Is is It's not going to hurt me to do any, and I'm going to do it. I'm, just, But, you know, that's the kind of determination we need to have. It's like, I don't care what obstacles you put in front of me. It can be a driving rainstorm on the day that I decide to go, but I'm still going. Um, we, we have to just be determined and, and just have a mindset that no matter what, we're going to, we're going to put our vote in. And I, I wish that there was a, a way, and I, we're going to keep looking for it, that we could reach uh, voters who were just not interested. I, I just wish there was a way uh, we could reach them and and encourage them and and get them enthused about just the process. And and I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep thinking. I guess we can keep taking um, uh, taking comments. Speaking of voting, uh, you know, as you all know, we had our, our uh, Radio One. Um, Indianapolis Recorder and African American Coalition of Indianapolis debate with uh, Hogsett and Shreve on Sunday. And uh, several topics came up, but several did not. And I, have you all noticed that the nature and tone of the uh, the two candidates' ads lately? Now, next week it could all change, and what I'm saying could be completely different. But right now, in this space, right here on this day, <laughs> here... Um, it seems as if Hogsett's going softer, you know, with the warm and, and, and cozy feeling, uh, with his, uh, his little brother that he's, he's been a, a big brother to for the last, what, three, four years. And Shreve is just going hard, uh, at Hogsett with, uh, I'm the mayor and, uh, it, you know, it falls on me and, and what have you. So I think it's interesting because usually you see when, when two candidates, are, are inching ever so closely to election day. They usually are very similar, but Hogsett's going softer, Shreve's going higher. Now, is that an indication um, of where they may fall in the polls? I don't know. It could be. Anyway, Raymond, uh, go ahead. Early voting comments? Yes. Hey, how you doing today, Miss Tina? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Hey, I was going to ask you a question. Is there anywhere that you can uh, uh, let us know, like, you know, as far as since, you know, you got, you reach so many 
people across the uh, great state of Indiana here. Let us know, like like for Brownsburg, uh, uh, Plainfield, like where the early voting that mm-hmm. for us. Uh, yeah, that's why I was, and that's a good point. Very good point. And uh, IndianaVoters.in.gov. Um, what I can do is compile a list, and I will do that uh, because everybody doesn't live. Everybody within earshot of this show does not live in Indianapolis and Marion County, although the majority do. However, there are a lot, and we don't want to leave you all out either. Uh, Brownsburg, um, Avon, uh, Plainfield, Carmel, uh, Noblesville, Westfield. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of uh, suburban areas that uh, need that information as well. I know I, I've given out the website, but I can take a deeper dive and try to find what uh, what are the locations and what locations there are. Absolutely. Most certainly. Okay. Oh, Most. Thank you. Because the reason why, because you passed it to me, I passed it to my congregation also, just to let them know, hey, check this out. Go here. You want to vote early, and that way you know, we can all get uh, cast our vote you know, if you live in this part of the, of the uh, uh, state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get all the surrounding county. I'll, I'll amass that and uh, have it ready for the next, uh, probably for tomorrow, because tomorrow's open lines uh, and week in review, so I'll have all that stuff ready for tomorrow. Okay. That's, a, that's a good point. Very good idea. Very good idea. Thank you so much. No problem. You're blessed. All right. You too. Uh, yeah, and a very good point, and thank you for pointing that out uh, because it's true. We are uh, everywhere, uh, and the reach of the show is uh, as many places as we can possibly get it into, so we certainly uh, will do that. But a good place to start, if you can't wait until tomorrow, indianavoters.in.gov, indianavoters.in.gov, and you can plug in your particular information, and uh, they can have it, because that's what I'm going to do, and James and I will have that ready for you tomorrow. Not a problem whatsoever. Uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. GT, go ahead. How are you? Uh, good afternoon, uh, Tina. Good afternoon. Uh, I was wondering, uh, I keep bringing this up just like you want to keep bringing up voting, which is very good. But, again, individuals who, are, who have cell phones, who have laptops and computers, they should know how to Google where their early voting site is at. Brownsburg, Fishers, Westfield, Plainsfield, whatever. It seems as though that a lot of people are counting on you where they can do themselves, especially if you're a pastor. A pastor should be already getting from their congressman. Some people don't even know, still don't know what their city council people are. People need to start researching on their own. That's all I have to ask. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, GT. Denise, go ahead. How are you? Well, you know, I disagree with that. Anytime you have information or knowledge, just give it to us. I disagree with that. Uh, I called to uh, comment to you about Jefferson Shreve sending out his uh, flyers or whatever that is called. Uh, I'm a known registered Democrat, and I'm offended that he even thought to send this to my address. But what he has on here is not what he talked about uh, during their uh, debate. And uh, a ban on assault rifles require a permit. He is a NRA. Is that what you call it? Yeah, National uh, Rifle uh, Association, uh, yeah. yes. So, uh, Member in good standing. He is, mm-hmm. he is for uh, gun laws. So I don't know why he's trying to counter what, he's, what his stance is now 
that we in this last hour uh, raised the minimum age to mm-hmm. 21 mm-hmm. Uh, for the firearms. Yeah. But uh, he is a Trump supporter and a Trump initiator when it comes to the gun laws. That's why we're having all these issues and debates and we're so uh, divided when it comes to these gun laws. I mean, how many more assaults do we have to have in America in order for them to think? Just because a person that's a Democrat gives a right answer or a practical, realistic answer based on the crime level, it doesn't matter that they're Democrat or independent. Just listen and just do the right thing. But I'm sure sending this back to return the sender. <laughs> he needs to send this to me. He needs to send this to somebody that's cooperative. Oh, my goodness. You, so you're going to say return to sender, huh? Yes, Tina. I don't play that. <laughs> I'm a registered Democrat. I am a proud registered Democrat. Yeah. I vote across the line if I choose to. But you do not send me your information. No, ma'am. No, sir. So <laughs> here. have a good day. All right. You too. You too. And we're going to let Denise be the last word on that. Hey, uh, duly noted and, and take note and, and you know, Hey, uh, address address it accordingly. You know, however you choose to address that. She's she's made up her mind and um, she's involved. And so, hey, that's what we like. So make up your mind, get involved, and um, and and behave accordingly. Do what you need to do. Uh, that is all of the time we have for right now. Uh, Danny, we're going to catch you around next time. Okay, I know you got delayed, and uh, I hope everything's okay. Hope everything's okay. We will be back tomorrow, Jane. James Patterson, Open Line, then we can review. I'm Tina Cosby. Everybody be well, be safe, be careful, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. This is Community Connection.